morning. It's a privilege to be here this morning. Uh, let's talk about dinosaurs. I, like, I don't like a whole lot of introduction here. I just want to get right to the topic here. Uh, thinking biblically about dinosaurs. First question I'm going to have. Now, this is Sunday school, right? You heard the word school? So we may have some homework assignments. So I'll let you know that. No, it's going to be on the honor system. God knows. <laughs> okay, why should we speak about dinosaurs in the church? Shouldn't we do that in the schools or at home? Well, children like dinosaurs. They like to pronounce their names. They like to see pictures. Children learn about dinosaurs in media, books, and schools. Where do you want your children to learn about dinosaurs? You want them to learn about dinosaurs from the secular world, which is opposite of what the Bible teaches? Or should we start teaching it in the churches and in the homes? See, what they're learning from the media and the public education system is something called evolutionism, which is diametrically opposed to the Word of God. You cannot mix evolution and the Bible. So where do you want your children to learn? How about good resources? The best resource to learn about dinosaurs is the Bible. Because the Bible does say some things about them. So first question. Now I'm going to ask some questions here. And my standards are very high. 100% or you're doing push-ups. That's it. (laughs) And I, I have a tendency to teach one way, only way, fear and intimidation. Brings out the best in people. So, first question. Did dinosaurs really exist? Yes, they did. Good. You're one for one. How do we know they existed? We'd find their fossils everywhere. Might even find them in your own backyard. Anybody found any dinosaur bones back there? So, here's number two question. We're one for one so far. How many different kinds of dinosaurs have we found? Now, we're going to take a vote on this one. I like a vote. How many think we've only found about 50 to 100 different kinds of dinosaurs? Okay. How many think we found about 500 different kinds? Now, I didn't tell you, if you don't vote, you're in trouble. (laughs) How many think we found about 2,000? Yeah, now we got all these votes, right? You you don't care what the answer is. You just want your hand up sometime. (laughs) Well, the correct answer is only about 50 to 100. See, we've made a lot of mistakes in naming these creatures. Just because we give them a different name to start with does not mean they're a different kind. For example, all these could have been the same kind, couldn't they? They just look a little bit different. Look at, look at yourselves. We have tremendous variability in the human race. Not races, but the human race. We had Shaquille O'Neal, about seven foot one. Is he a human being? Yes, he is. He's a big one, but he's a human being. Then we had Billy Barty, a famous actor, only three foot ten. Was he a human being? Yes. Look at the tremendous variability God has programmed into living creatures. Dogs. We have little bitty dogs, medium-sized dogs, big dogs, fluffy dogs, short-haired dogs. But what are they? They're all dogs. God created variability, so we all don't have to look the same. So only about 50 to 100 Different kinds of dinosaurs have been found. That will be very important for a question later. If you miss it later, it's double the push-ups. So here's the common story we get taught. Dinosaurs evolved into existence about 220 million years ago and died out about 65 million years ago, long before man was here. 
That's the typical story we hear. So with that story, how in the world are we going to fit dinosaurs into the Bible? Especially my Bible, it's too small. <laughs> how are you going to fit these creatures into the Bible? Well, let's go to the Bible and see what it has to say. On day one, God created the earth and the light. Day two, he put the atmosphere in there. Day three, the dry land, the trees, the fruits. Day four, the sun, moon, and stars. Day five, the sea creatures and the flying creatures. What about day six? What did God create on day six? Land animals and people. Right. God made the land animals and people. Here's the question. Were these land animals? What day were they created? Are these land animals? What day were they created? So what is the Bible teaching? Genesis chapter 1 clearly teaches people lived at the same time as dinosaurs. So if you don't believe that, you can tear out your first chapter of Genesis and leave it out of your Bible. And then you're in trouble because you're going to miss a lot of the rest of the Bible. You see, this is an important issue now, isn't it? Do we not believe God's word? Or are we ashamed of it? Now, what were dinosaurs like? Let's do a little bit of that. Anybody like to put things into groups? I do. I like to group things. Certain books here, certain books there. Some people like to put their food on their plate in groups. But if you know if you're putting things into groups, you're already thinking like a scientist. That's what scientists do. They put dinosaurs into groups. One group's called the theropods. Those are the two-footed meat-eaters. Anybody here? We're all two-footed here, aren't we? How many are meat-eaters here? Are you a theropod then? Not quite. You also have to be a dinosaur. Then there's the sauropods. Those are the four-footed planet eaters like a patasaurus. And there's other ways of grouping the dinosaurs. So scientists like to group things. Now, how big were dinosaurs? Let's talk about that one. Yeah, the average-sized dinosaur was only about the size of a small sheep, small pony. Not all of them were big. Some were big, though. Seismosaurus and Argentinosaurus, about 100 feet long, believe weigh about 50 tons. Stop right there. Has anybody ever weighed a dinosaur? <laughs> How do we know 50 tons? What we do is we look for clues. We find some of the bones. We take a guess how much muscle mass they had, how much skin they had. We look at some modern reptiles. Then we take our best guess at how much they weighed. And that is okay to do in science so long as you pass it off as your best guess. But to say this was 50 tons and leave it at that is not honesty in science. It's only our best guess. Now, some of these dinosaurs did get very big. That arrow's pointing to a man. That'd be about how big you were next to some of these very large dinosaurs. One of the things we believe to know about dinosaurs, as long as they live, they never stop growing. They had the potential to continue to grow throughout their lifetime. How would you like to have that? How would you like to never stop growing? And by the time you're maybe 16 years old, you're 12 feet tall. How many like that? Might sound nice, but what happens when you go so big you can't fit in your house and you have to sleep outside night with the snakes and the bugs? Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? Don't know what you're missing. <laughs> Dig yourself a nice foxhole, get in there with the bugs and snakes. It's great. So how many would like to have one of these creatures in your backyard? Be very careful. You may not want them in your backyard. I don't know who that character is. He's got a red tie on. Yeah, we don't want them in our backyard. Think of the mess you'd have to clean up, too. <laughs> now, here's a picture of Argentinosaurus, what we believe it may have looked like. 
Any like, anybody like to play games around dinosaurs? No, I don't think I'd want to play games around dinosaurs. Wouldn't be a good thing to do. That was a paid-for commercial by your pastor to not skip church on Sunday and play golf. <laughs> okay. Now, some of these dinosaurs did get big. There's a child sitting in a dinosaur footprint. So some of these did get very large, but the average size was not very big. For instance, here's a dinosaur called... Uh, anybody want, I need a volunteer. Anybody pronounce the name of that dinosaur? Comsognathus, right. That... <laughs> Phonetically, it helps, doesn't it? How big was this dinosaur? It only weighed about eight pounds. Biggest one we found is about eight pounds. You could pick that dinosaur up and just walk around just like this, couldn't you? Not a good idea. Number one, it's not very furry. Number two, it's got long claws. And number three, it probably doesn't like you. <laughs> now, anybody know the name of this dinosaur? Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus, right. Stegosaurus. Now, here's a creature God created weighed way over 5,000 pounds. Way over 5,000 pounds. And here we are weighing maybe 60, 100, 150 pounds. How would you like it if somebody came up to you and said, wow, you must be smart. You must have the brains the size of a stegosaurus brain. How many would say thank you? No, not a good thing. They only had the brains about the size of a walnut. Think of this here. Here's a creature God created, weighed way over 5,000 pounds, had a brain about the size of a walnut. Here we are weighing 100, 110, 150 pounds, and we have a brain this size. Who do you think God loves a little bit more? Aren't you glad he gave us the brains? Anybody know the name of this one? You see, it's real touchy when i got all adults here. The youth know these things. Children know these things. So, triceratops. Why triceratops? Three horns. Very good. Here's a creature, about 9 feet in height, some of them, 26 feet long, weighed about 12,000 pounds, up to 6 tons. How would you like to have one of these creatures chasing you? <laughs> Not a good idea. Their horns got up to about 3 feet long. Now, here's probably the most important question you're going to get all day. This is a very important question. If a Tyrannosaurus Rex was chasing you, could you outrun it? How do you know? Has anybody ever seen a dinosaur run? No. So how do we know how fast they were? See, all these things we pass off, we see in textbooks, but learn to question these things. No one's ever seen one run. So again, we look for clues. We find their, dinos- we find their bones. We assemble them. We take a look at their anatomy. We take some guesses about some things. Then we take a guess how fast they were. So it's our best guess, which is okay to do in science, so long as we pass it off as that. So here's some estimated speed. We believe Stegosaurus could go about 15 miles an hour. That's our best guess. T-Rex, maybe up to 20 miles an hour. Anybody watch those Jurassic Park movies? They had one of them where the T-Rex was chasing a Jeep going about 40, 50, maybe 60 miles an hour. Folks, that's Hollywood. All it is is Hollywood. About 20 miles an hour. Olympic runners, fastest runners in the world, go about 30 miles an hour. Not for very long, about 100 meters, and that's about it. All you have to have is somebody slower than you, and you're okay. <laughs> Triceratops, about 20. Some modern creatures like the horse and lion, up to 45, and the fastest land animal is the cheetah. And they go about 65 miles an hour only for a short period of time, and they get tired too. So unless you're an Olympic runner, the moral of the story is, if a T-Rex is chasing you, you better hide. 
Oh, but Mike, I watch those Jurassic Park movies, and I know if you stand still, their eye system, they can't see you. Folks, we don't have a clue about their eye system. That was all Hollywood. The Jurassic Park movies are about 99% Hollywood and maybe up to 1% real science. So be very careful on what TV does. Now, anybody like this guy, the brontosaurus? Anybody like the brontosaurus? Looks like a nice plant eater. Can I give you some sad news here today? I mean, we're in church. We can have some sad news. No such creature ever existed. Oh, that is really, now your whole day is broken, right? (laughs) Here's what happened. Scientists were out looking for bones. Dinosaurs found all the bones of a dinosaur except the head. We needed a head. So we looked over here. Here's a head. Took this head, put it on this creature, looked like a brand new dinosaur, called it a brontosaurus. Then they found the right head and found out it was not a new dinosaur. It was really just another apatosaurus. Isn't that sad? There goes one of the nice ones. How'd you like to have somebody put the wrong head on you? (laughs) Aren't you glad God gave you the right head? Now, how do you know you got the right head? (laughs) So I throw that out. Now, how about this one? We know the name of this one, don't we? Tyrannosaurus rex, T-Rex. Some of these Tyrannosaurus rexes got up to almost 20 feet tall and almost 40 feet long with their tail. Some of these creatures got very, very large. Their teeth up to almost eight inches long. How'd you like to have a mouthful of eight inch long teeth? Think of the amount of toothpaste you'd have to use. (laughs) Now, these T-Rexes, anybody feel sorry for them? No. You don't. Where's our humanitarianism here? You don't feel sorry for these creatures. Okay? Think about this creature. Look at its arms. They're right there. They're so short, they can't scratch his head. They can't even reach his mouth to eat. The only way this creature could eat, it had to put its face in its food. And I know some of you might do that when nobody's looking, but that's another story. <laughs> Think of this poor T-Rex. Some of their heads got up to be about five feet long. You know, that's long enough to fit two second graders in there. Anybody want to volunteer some of your second graders? <laughs> but think of this creature running along with its short arms, trips and falls. How's it going to get up? <laughs> arms are too short to help it get up. So here is your first homework assignment. Not in church, not in school, but homework. Once you lay down on your back, put your arms right here where you cannot use them, and try to get up. Some of you will get up. Some of you will miss church next week. <laughs> now, how many feel sorry for this T-Rex with its short arms? <laughs> I tried. A little bit of marketing. I tried. Yeah, they survived. Okay, then there was the Velociraptor, made famous by the Jurassic Park movies, the Velociraptor. And in the movies, they had this creature about 8 to 10 feet tall and smarter than Albert Einstein. When in fact, the real Velociraptor, and those different kinds of raptors, but the one they were using, the Velociraptor, was only about three to four feet tall. And folks, reptiles don't have a lot of brains. So all that was Hollywood, not real science. But let's look at a different story. When did dinosaurs live? Again, the typical story is this. Evolved into existence about 220 million years ago and died out 65 million years ago, long before a man was here. If you're believing that, folks, you're going to have a big problem with the gospel. Because you've just destroyed the entire foundation of the gospel. And where's your witness now for Jesus Christ? 
Why is that? Well, let's look at this. If dinosaurs were living and dying before people were here, that means before Adam and Eve were here, before the fall, what would have been going on for those millions of years before Adam and Eve were the fall? The answer is death, pain, and disease. And guess what? That means death before sin. If you're believing the world story, you're now believing death and disease before sin. And God, in Genesis 1.31, would have called all that death and all that disease, including cancer, very good. Is that the God we serve? That is a different God, folks. Watch out for what the world is teaching, because they are teaching our young children not to believe God's word. Because all they do is say dinosaurs millions of years ago, and our children buy into that. That's why it's so important for you at home, parents. Now, I'll remind you, you're the number one teacher in your child's life, not the school, not the church. But you, parents, grandparents, need to make sure your children learn the truth and not let the world grab them. So the Bible and dinosaurs. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after the kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. All that took place on day six. So is there any scientific evidence, though, that people and dinosaurs lived at the same time? And I want to caution you here. We do not need scientific evidence to believe God's word. If you're requiring science, folks, then God's word is not your authority. You have something higher in your life than God's word. It's called your understanding of science. So be very careful saying, I've got to have the scientific evidence or I can't believe it. That's not what God tells us, folks. But you know what? He gave us a lot of evidence. A whole lot of evidence. Now, we're going to look through some of this evidence. But we need to understand, we didn't know what dinosaurs were until the 1800s. We had found some bones, but we didn't know what they were. It wasn't until the 1800s that we finally understood this is a new kind of creature. So any evidence about maybe pictures of dinosaurs or other written stories about dinosaurs before the 1800s, is good evidence people saw them living at the same time. And the word dinosaur was not even invented until 1841. So it's a new word. So don't expect to open your Bible and see the word dinosaur in there. It's a new word. We have lots of new words, don't we, today? We have words that change their meanings. For example, if I was saying, did I just see a mouse over there? Well... Maybe 30 years ago, I'm talking about a little fuzzy rodent that's going to run by your legs and things like that. But today, we're talking about what? A computer component. We have new words all the time. Uh, 20 years ago, if I'd have come up to you and said, do you Twitter? You probably would have hit me. (laughs) But today, it has a real meaning. We're talking about some kind of electronic communications. So words change, and we have new words all the time. Dinosaurs and people. What does that look like? Anybody have a dog look like that? No. That looks like a dinosaur. This is what we call petroglyph, cannuel, carving, or painting there. How did they know to do this if they never saw one living? Oh, my, my. Just modern cave clip art. No, this resembles a dinosaur. Here's another one found in the rainforest, in the Amazon rainforest there. What that is, it's a picture of people fighting a dragon, warriors spearing a dragon. How do they know to do this if they never saw one living? Here's one in Arizona. 
that looks an awful lot like a dinosaur there. How do they know to do this? So I think the evidence is mounting right here. People saw dinosaurs living, or they wouldn't know how to draw these pictures. Then, anybody, going, anybody been to northern England? Science Heinz. Nobody been to northern England? So I can say whatever I want. You can't verify it. Okay, so we'll go with this. There's a large cathedral over there called the Carlisle Cathedral. Wife and I were there several years ago doing a tour, speaking tour. And this cathedral was built a long time ago. Now, remember, we didn't know what dinosaurs were until the 1800s. This cathedral was built in the 1200s. Actually, the 1400s, uh, 1200s. But in there, there's a tomb down one of the aisles. You go down, there's a lot of aisles, just like we have several aisles here. There's a very special aisle. And you go down that aisle, you'll see a carpet there. And that carpet is covering up the tomb of Bishop Bell from 1496. 1496. Is that before the 1800s? Is your history lesson? Yes. See, my questions are pretty easy, aren't they? Everybody passes my test. Okay. You lift that carpet up. Remember, this is 1400s. We didn't know what dinosaurs were until the 1800s. Lift that carpet up, and there's a brass ring that goes around that, that tomb there. And carved into that brass ring are pictures of dinosaurs and other animals from the 1400s. How did they know to draw these pictures carve these pictures in there if they didn't see these things living. See, the evidence is overwhelming. Let's go to Cambodia. An ancient temple from the 1200s. Matter of fact, where this temple was, Angkor, uh, that city, they say back then, was as large as London. But there's nothing left there except a few monuments. You go there, and here's a picture of a column. This is from the 1200s now. And on that column, I'm going to blow this picture up, are carvings of Stegosaurus from the 1200s. How did they know to draw or carve that strange-looking creature if they never saw this thing living? And when we first found Stegosaurus, we didn't know how to put it together. We were putting it together wrong. See, the evidence shows clearly evolution is not true. France. On their cathedrals, they have carvings like this. Matching dinosaurs. Then how about this one? Uh, This is from the movie. The uh, dragon-looking dinosaur. Guess what? That's not fiction. Here's the skull we actually found. Now, that's all good. Let's get better. How about we get better? Not too long ago, scientists were out looking for bones. They found some T-Rex bones. These bones are pretty big and heavy to carry out, so they had to eventually break the bones apart. When they broke the bones apart, something amazing was discovered that was still in these bones. Soft dinosaur tissue. Here's what it looks like. That's actual dinosaur tissue. This tissue was so soft and fresh looking, you could stretch it, and it comes back together again. There is no known way for preserving soft tissue for 65 million years, folks. The evolutionists are dead in the water right there. They're making up all kinds of excuses. And their best excuse so far is there's some unknown process that preserves soft tissue for 65 million years. (laughs) Folks, who is being scientific here? Not the evolutionist. Yes, Time Machine. I remember that movie, too. (laughs) 
Now we found soft tissue in many dinosaurs. Now, let me show you what we found since the 1990s. We found soft tissue in dinosaur bones. Unfossilized dinosaur bones. I have several of those at home. They're, they're lightweight, just like a bone. Proteins in dinosaur bones. Proteins start decaying as soon as you die. Red blood cells in the dinosaur bones. DNA. Somebody said DNA earlier. DNA in the dinosaur bones. You know, DNA doesn't last long. It has a half-life of about 521 years. In other words, once you're dead, every 521 years, half the remaining DNA is decomposed. After about 10,000 years, there should be no DNA there. But yet, we're finding it in the dinosaur bones. Then lastly, we're finding carbon-14 in dinosaur bones all over the world. That's very significant. Because once something dies, the carbon-14 that's in that creature continues to decay out. And after about 80,000 years, all the carbon-14 should be out of all the dead creatures out there. But guess what we're finding in dinosaur bones all over the world? Carbon-14. Now, we're not saying the Earth is 80,000 years old, but that would be the maximum limit for having carbon-14 in you. And it's not contamination. Don't get the idea this is contamination because that's the evolutionist argument. They're going to say, oh, the soil, the atmosphere somehow contaminated these bones. No, folks. If it was contamination, we'd find different amounts of carbon-14 in these creatures all over the world. But what we're finding is very similar amounts, which means they all died at about the same time. What would cause the dinosaurs all over the world to die at about the same time? How about a flood, a big flood that covers all the highest hills on this planet? You see, the Bible matches reality, not evolutionism. Now, scientific evidence, we have nothing to worry about the science because true science will always support God's word. See, make sure you never say this. The battle is between science and the Bible. And I'm going to put it this way. You will never say that, will you? It's not you should. You will not. That's how Marines talk. Why? Because it degrades God. Because who's the creator of all the scientific principles we have? God did. He's not in a battle with himself. True science will support God's word. So are dinosaurs mentioned in the Bible? Well, the word dinosaur is not there. But how about this? Job chapter 40, verses 15 through 18. Look now at the behemoth which I made along with you. He eats grass as an ox. What does that mean? It's a plant eater, isn't it? He eats grass. That means it's not an alligator. Because what do alligators eat? Us. Yes. He moves his tail like a cedar. A cedar is a pretty big tree. So we've got a plant eater with a big tail. His bones are like beams of brines and his Ribs like bars of iron. So we got a plant eater, big tail, big bones, and he's the first of the ways of God, meaning maybe this is one of the biggest creatures he created. What kind of an animal is that? Well, Mike, I go to the commentary in my Bible, and it says this could be a hippopotamus, folks. The commentaries are not the inspired word of God, and they can be wrong. Anybody who put that commentary in there, that's an embarrassment. They're embarrassed by God's word. So, here's a Lebanon cedar, the type that would have been over there. Look at the trunk of those trees. They are huge. And there's a tail that matches that description. So, are we talking about an elephant there? How about the hippopotamus? What kind of a tail has a hippopotamus got? It's got a little bit of twig back there. How about this kind of a creature? 
See, that description does resemble a description of a dinosaur, something like maybe an apatosaurus. See, we have nothing to be embarrassed about because we know what day were dinosaurs created? Six, yes. Well, the sea creatures were not categorized as dinosaurs. The only land animals were technically dinosaurs. We think of them all as dinosaurs. But the sea creatures, the big ones were called sea monsters, and the other ones were called flying reptiles. But for purpose, they're all dinosaurs, aren't they? So we'll say five and six. See, I don't want anybody to be wrong here. <laughs> Look at this. Now, this has got to be a fairy tale in the Bible. Out of his mouth go burning lamps and sparks of fire leap out. Anybody believe a creature lived like that? Sparks of fire. I asked this question once. I was teaching elementary students. And I'll to let you know, I've been in front of NASA scientists and taught there. But elementary students are the scariest audience you'll ever get. <laughs> they are. You never know what they're going to say. I asked the question, anybody seen a really fire, anybody seen a fire-breathing dragon? Third grader in the back of the room raised his hand. I said, you've seen a fire-breathing dragon? He said, yes. I said, where did you see this fire-breathing dragon? He said, last night when my mother was talking to my father. <laughs> That's what makes these kids scary. <laughs> but... Uh, could there have been a real fire-breathing dragon? Yes, you know, one lives in this country today. They don't have to, do dragons have to be real big? Could they be real small? Smaller than that? Smaller than that? Who would be afraid of a dragon like this? Anybody be afraid of a dragon that big? Now you just step on it. But here's one called the bombardier beetle. This bombardier beetle. Let me show you some pictures here. When a predator approaches this beetle, it shoots out 212 degrees liquid fire. It's got two storage tanks in there, hold chemicals. And it's got another storage tank in there. The two chemicals it has in one are hydroquinone, hydrogen peroxide. Mix those two things together, nothing really happens. In the other storage tank, it has some enzymes and some inhibitors. Anybody here have enzymes in you? Good, because if you don't, you're dead. Because they're a special kind of protein, a catalyst that speed things up. It opens the door, shoves the chemicals in, and sprays out 212 degrees low fire. Let me show you some pictures of this creature. How'd you like to have one of these under your pillow at night? How many are going to check tonight? <laughs> and they might be under your bed and crawl underneath your pillow while you're asleep. I'm just trying to cause something here. How does this beetle do this? Can we go back? Can I go way back in time for just a moment? I know you can't do that because we have laws of science say time cannot go backwards. But we can slow time down, but we can't go backwards. Did I just say science fiction? No, we can slow time down. Time is a variable. It is. But let's go way back in time to these bombardier beetles because if they evolved, they had to evolve that defense mechanism, didn't they? Let's go back before they had the defense mechanism. And here's Cousin Bombardier Beetle walking all around. Here comes a frog. And Beetle has nothing to protect it. So the frogs are eating up all the beetles. You know what happens to dead things? They don't evolve, do they? That's just pretty good common sense, isn't it? But maybe one of them survives. Well, gee, I better get some chemicals so I can defend myself. Very smart Beetle. 
because they knew how to get the right chemicals and never even took a course on chemistry. So it gets all these chemicals in there together and doesn't know how to separate them yet. So when it gets them all together with the enzymes and everything in there together, what's going to happen? They're all going to blow up, poof, poof, poof. They're all blown up. They're all dead. What do we know about dead things? They don't evolve. But maybe one of them survives and said, well, gee, I better separate these chemicals. I'm going to build two storage tanks. Very smart beetle because they knew how to build these storage tanks and never even watched Bob the Builder. Incredibly smart beetle. So now it's got the storage tanks there. Here comes that frog again. Beetle opens up the door, shoves the chemicals into the other storage tank. But we have a problem. It doesn't have the information to know how to close the door yet. If we don't close that door, the explosion goes out both ends. We've just blown our heads off. They're all dead. What do we know about dead things? They don't evolve. But we still got a survivor there. We got one survives. He's all ready now. Got some new information. Here comes that frog. Beetle opens the door, shoves the chemicals in, and closes that door, and shoots out 212 degrees liquid fire. But this beetle is an insect. How many legs do insects have? Six. What happens if this beetle does not know where its legs are? We've just shot our legs off. They can't escape anymore. They're all eaten up. And we know what happens when you're dead. You don't evolve. You see, all of this has to be there to begin with, or this thing will not survive. This beetle can shoot 360 degrees all the way around and never hit its legs. An incredible design by God. You see, if a little bitty beetle, half inch long, can shoot out sparks of fire, is it also possible a creature that lived in the past called Leviathan could do the same thing? Yes, it is, because we know it's scientifically possible to say, no, you're not being scientific anymore. See, we can trust God's word from beginning to end. So what happened to the dinosaurs? Well, that's a very easy question. They died. So let's not dwell on that too much. Well, how did they die, Mike? Well, there's many, many ideas out there. Some people say they all starved to death. Some people just say they ate too many cookies. You know, that's impossible to eat too many cookies, isn't it? That's impossible. Now what they teach our children is they evolved into birds. And our children laugh at that. But that's what they teach in high school science class. And they pawn that off as science. How did it happen? Well, they say some of these little reptiles, dinosaurs, went up in the trees, out of the branches, jumped off the branches, did this. And after many generations, they started growing feathers and eventually became birds. Okay? Remember your first homework assignment. Get on your back, put your arms there, see if you can get up. You may have a small congregation next week. (laughs) But here's your next homework assignment. This is a very long homework assignment. Because I want you to do this the rest of your life. Just go around like this. And will you grow any feathers? How about your children and grandchildren? Great, 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 great grandchildren. No, they won't because you don't inherit anything there, folks. If a reptile jumps off a branch, what does it do? We got a splat on the ground. And nothing gets inherited. Even if they survive, you don't inherit those things, folks. If somebody loses your arm, your children won't come out one-armed. See, even Darwin knew something about that. But see, we've gone to not science, but nonsense teaching in our classes. Look at this. They're putting feathers on T-Rex in magazines and journals now. We haven't found any of that. Here's another book I bought just because it had feathered dinosaurs. You know how many feathered dinosaurs we found? Zero. Zilch is another language. So we'll do two languages, zero and zilch. We haven't found any of those. But this is how they're indoctrinating our children. 
They're not indoctrinating with science. They're indoctrinating with false philosophies. Does the Bible warn us about those things? The whole New Testament, almost every book in the New Testament, warns us about false doctrines and false teachings. And that's what our children get when they go to the public school systems. Here's the famous one they use in the textbooks called Archaeopteryx. This is supposed to be the transitional creature between reptile and bird. And here's a quote from that biology textbook. Ask many paleontologists what a bird is, and they'll tell you with a grin, a hot-blooded dinosaur with feathers. That's what they're learning. That's why you want to make sure your children learn dinosaurs in the home. Let's examine Archaeopteryx. Number one, it had perching feet. Reptiles don't have perching feet, folks. Number two, the impression of the feathers are identical to those of modern birds. As we found feathers, but every time we find a feather, it is a full-form feather. We have never found half-scale, half-feathers. It's either scales or feathers and nothing in between. So this creature had perching feet, fully-formed feathers. What does that sound like? A bird. The cranium is bird-like, not reptile-like. See, what I'm giving you here is what's not in the textbooks. It's called science. The teeth are typical of other toothed birds and reptiles. Yes, archaeopteryx had teeth, but so do some birds today. The hoats and, and the ostrich have teeth. Young Hoatzin. Then, according to evolutionists, they found birds, fully formed birds, that are 75 million years older than Archaeopteryx. So why is Archaeopteryx still evolving? It's a real latecomer, isn't it? When you look at this, folks, Archaeopteryx was a strange-looking bird, but everything about it is 100% bird. Don't try this at home. You're not going to fly. <laughs> then you turn the page, and they contradict themselves. They didn't turn into birds. They all died out by a meteor impact 65 million years ago. So which one is it? Here's some problems with the meteor impact. Has anybody ever observed a mass extinction from a meteor impact? No. So it can't be a fact. It can't be a theory. See, theories have to be observable and repeatable. It's only a hypothesis. Modern volcanoes don't cause worldwide mass extinctions either. We've never observed that. And there's very strong empirical evidence dinosaurs haven't been dead that long. So this whole idea of a meteor impact 65 million years ago, folks, is not based on any known science. Now, if dinosaurs really evolved, should we see the transition somewhere? <laughs> Anybody's dog look like that? <laughs> Anybody found this transition yet? I thought I'd start off with a nice one. How about this one in Florida? <laughs> yes. How'd you like to have that running around your yard? That'd keep the salespeople away. Anybody seen the sparrow boxer? Or how about the land shark? There's a dangerous one. The cat bird got to have a few nice ones. How about the cat cow? Got your farm animal and pet all in one. Watch what you pick in your garden. <laughs> or how about this in your swimming pool? Or how about a face only a mother could love? Take one of those home. Now these would be pretty interesting transitions. 
This is what you do with computers when you have idle time. <laughs> yeah, we haven't found anything like that. So we're dinosaurs on the ark. Matter of fact, we haven't found any transitions leading up to the dinosaurs. Everyone they put in museum or in textbooks is already a dinosaur. It's already a reptile. We don't find any transitions. So here's the question now. If I get a wrong answer, everybody here, 20 push-ups. <laughs> we're dinosaurs on the ark. Yes, okay, good. See, fear and intimidation really works. Here's what the Bible teaches. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. It does not say two of every kind except behemoth, does it? No, two of every kind. Now, is this what the ark looked like? No. This is the picture you typically see in Christian bookstores. And I see this kind of a picture in many churches in the children's church. And I'll say, don't take it down. Leave it up. Why? You're going to use it as a teaching tool. You're going to teach your children, look at this picture. Now let's go to the Bible and read the description of the ark. And draw it out. It looks like a very big, long rectangle. Then give them what the dimensions are and how long it is. And how big is it? Well, it looks more like this. It has capacity volume for about 522 railroad cars. In other words, it's about one and a half football fields long. And once you describe that to these children, then every time they see a picture of the ark look like a bathtub or a houseboat, they're going to say, that's not what the Bible teaches. That's why we can turn it into a good teaching tool. Show them what the world is teaching so they're aware of it, then show them what the Bible teaches. So how can all the creatures and the dinosaurs fit on that ark? Yes. How many kinds of dinosaurs had to go on there? Remember that question? Only about 50 to 100 different kinds went on there. And all God had to do was bring the young creatures, the young dinosaurs, the young giraffes. Yes. And easily fit all the creatures on that ark, just the young ones. People say, how could it fit all the millions on there? It wasn't millions, folks. When you look at it, it's under 50,000 creatures had to go on that ark. And 50,000 would very easily fit on there and fill that ark less than halfway. When you do all the math and all the study, half the ark was still there for Noah, his family, and all their luggage. We had plenty of room on that ark. God never said bring everything there because the fish did not have to go on there. None of the sea creatures had to go on there. And the insects did not have to go on there. Only those with the breath of life went on that ark. So God brought them on, and when they come off that ark, that's a pretty big event. The worldwide flood's a pretty big event. So you've got to get your T-shirts. Say, I survived the flood. Yes. Now, what happened to the dinosaurs? Well, those who were on the ark survived. Any creature that was not on the ark perished. And over time, they began to fade and become extinct. How did that happen? Well, it could have happened by natural causes. Other creatures may have killed them. Or some other explanation. But as far as we know, notice I would say that, as far as we know, they're all dead today. Because we have not found any living ones. So this is your history book. Learn to trust it as the only known authoritative history book in the world. Never had to change. So has anybody got a quick question as, as we finish? Yes, sir? Why do we still have cockroaches? Why do we still have cockroaches? Sin. <laughs> What's that one? 
Right. Well, how did they get through the bush? Oh, you just mentioned cockroaches. You ever tried to kill one? <laughs> uh, yeah, they, their larvae could have survived, and the oceans weren't as salty back then. The, the sodium was constantly being added to the oceans through erosion. So it wouldn't have been as salty. They could have eaten, many of them could have survived through there. Yes. <laughs> Other questions? So there's our website, creationtraining.initiative, creationtraining.org. Uh, we live in Boise, Idaho. We have over 80 30-minute videos on that website for free. I've interviewed scientists, theologians, and some is just, are just teaching. We've just started a series of five-minute videos. You'll want to watch these. They're all free. Uh, some deal with, what about junk DNA? What about, and you want to see the one, the incredible complexity of the human body. You've got to see that one. And it's, it's graphic. It shows all the graphs and pictures and everything. So you want to see one like that. Uh, we have other ones. We've just finished one. Is the Bible outdated? We answer it. So it's a challenge and one answer in five minutes using a lot of graphics on there. And we have a very special one. It's eight minutes long. It's called How to Teach the Gospel. It's an eight-minute one with a lot of graphics depicting what's the full context of the gospel. Because the gospel starts in Genesis 1-1 with who our creator and savior is, Jesus Christ. So if there's no further questions, this is a teaching tactic. No further questions, Sunday school is ended. Thank you very, very much.